Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh, Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get, 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 get. For your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. We're waking up the desert out here in Las Vegas. It is 7 o'clock. The sun's just coming up on another rainy day in Las Vegas. That's all right. We're coming straight through with two great hours MP on the mic, 910, the fan, 105.1 FM, the Odyssey app. It's the free one with the rewind button. We tell you about it every single day. Day. Bottom of the hour, Gary Myers joins us. Gary Myers, uh, he's he's a prolific NFL author. He's written uh, just tons of books about everything going on in the world of football. Uh, he was going to write RG3's tell-all book. Uh, remember that? That was a story for about a day and a half. Uh, he was going to uh, te- op- op- lift the curtain on what happened with Dan Snyder in Washington. Uh, that didn't come out. They pulled the book. Uh, we'll ask him about that. That's at the bottom of the hour. Our guy Parney drops by in exactly one hour at 11. We'll get his Super Bowl pick. You can take that straight to the bank or straight to the book if you're out here in Vegas. It's Bud Light Big Game Week, thanks to our friends at Bud Light. Uh, I know Parney loves Bud Light Big Game Week. We're having a ton of fun out here. Uh, went to the Circus Sportsbook last night, and we may have... Uh, Derek Stevens. He's so he's the the brainchild behind this. It's uh, the the best sports book in America. It's not close. Uh, just monster TV covering the entire wall. Uh, I watched my Jayhawks lose to Kansas State. Uh, watched UVA stifle Miami uh, last night. Thirty eight points from Miami. And if you didn't respect the Wahoos as a legit ACC contender before last night, I, I think you do now. Seven in a row. They're rolling them off. Uh, that defense is clamping down. They're hitting their stride. That said, they still can't score points. Uh, you know, that's that's the UVA way. They could lose to anybody on any given night. Uh, but but when teams score 11, when you got two minutes left in the first half, you're going to win a lot of football games that way. Uh, you're going to win a lot of basketball games that way. It's early. It's early out here. Uh, JC holding it down in the studio. Appreciate you, JC. We'll check in with you later. Uh, been, a, been a fantastic couple days out here. Bud Light Big Game Week in Vegas. We will get a poker update from AWOD and myself uh, after Parney. That'll be at about 11.15 this morning. Uh, we'll update you on how the poker game's going out here. Uh, so like I said, we got Gary Myers at 10.30. Oscar at the RG3 book. Uh, Parney 
at 11. We may have Derek Stevens at 11.45, so it depends how early he gets up. He's the guy who made the Circus Sportsbook. We were out there last night, Grant Paulson and I, uh, just a phenomenal time watching basketball, uh, hanging out, doing bits. Uh, but we were over at Super Bowl Media Day yesterday, and tons, tons of great people, tons of great interviews, of course. Um, we'll play those for you all week long. Uh, Adam Awad's got a... You know, talk to a ton of people. He'll be playing all those cuts for you. So here's where I want to start this morning. Uh, Joe Cullen uh, was one of the University of Richmond assistants uh, back in the day. He was University of Richmond defensive coordinator uh, for the University of Richmond. Uh, and he is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's their defensive line coach. He coached under Jim Reed. Uh, so that's a name that's going to ring a bell for a lot, a lot of you. Jim Reed's kind of been a fixture in the area. Jim Reed's got that wicked Boston accent. Uh, you'll hear it. Joe Cullen's got it too. Uh, they're, 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 they came up together. Um, so last year, did a big interview with him at the Super Bowl. You know, you are defensive coordinator, now leading the Kansas City Chiefs defense as good as it gets. Uh, so went up to him last night. He remembered me. Uh, and, and we had a great chat. So, JC, this is clip number one. We're going to play the Joe Cullen interview right now. Uh, it's about three minutes long. Then I'll share, uh, share some stories from that as we get rolling on a Tuesday morning MP on the mic. All right, we're back on 910 The Fan Coach. Joe Cullen, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is our annual tradition. I really look forward to this every year. <laughs> well, Mike, I'll tell you, it's great to see you. And obviously, uh, we're excited to be back here, to be able to run it back and have an opportunity to uh, – win consecutive Super Bowls. All right, so I asked you about your time at Richmond last year. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to the well, if you don't mind, just contrasting those experiences with kind of where, where you're at now and, and where you've come Absolutely. to. Absolutely. My, my, my real start in football was with Jim Reed, yeah. my college coach, and we went to Richmond together. Great memories, great staff there. I mean, Coach Reed turned around a program that had been struggling. Uh, Sean Barber, who's played for Kansas City, his son works for us, was a great player. Mark Magner, just to name a couple guys right there on defense. Coaches, Jeff Hansen, legendary coach. Uh, coach Reed himself, legendary coach. And the, the, the thing that we had at Richmond was a special group of administrators, coaches, players that all worked towards a common goal, and it was like a family. Great, great memory. Seven years That's of my life there, <laughs> and I loved it. That's so cool. Uh, what, the pressure of you, you, you do it last year and then to come back and do it, does it feel different? When, when you're running it back, as you say? Well, I'll tell you, you know, obviously you're going to get, like Coach Reed always talks about, you're going to get everybody's best every week. So no matter who you're playing, you're getting their best shot. And, you know, there was there was some doubters out there when we lost Christmas Day and, you know, we had to win to, to basically clinch a division. And we were able to do that the next week at Cincinnati. And really from that point on, we've been on a roll. You've, uh, you've got a great unit, obviously. What's it been like, you know, build, building with them? Great so, unit. I mean, um, you know, led by Chris Jones, George Kaloftis, Mike Dana, just to name a few. You know, Tershawn Watton, who wasn't able to play in this game last year because of an injury, made, made a great play last week on Lamar out in the open field to get a sack, just to name a few. Um, Mike Pinnell, who had come really off the practice squad, who played in the first Super Bowl here in 2019 with Coach Reed, has given us some great play in there. And, you know, just a guy, uh, Charles Amina, who unfortunately can't play in this game he had a big sack fumble last week and i I was sick for him because this is his old team but Mm. i just had to remember remind him that you know his play helped us get here that's cool you know but it's a great group and we're excited to have an opportunity to go out and uh, 
see if we can get this thing back in the nice. Lombardi Trophy back in, in Kansas City. Coach Joe Cullen, kind enough to spend a couple minutes with us. I, McCaffrey, Debo, Newcheck. Oh, I, I heard, we saw Purdy's legs Purdy. uh, last he week. Run. Uh, what, McCaffrey, De- what, Debo. What's that, what does that look like when you're when you're doing film? It's so hard to defend. <laughs> you know, Coach Spagnuolo does a great job putting the players in position to make plays, but you get some playmakers all over the field. So we're gonna have our hands full. You know, Williams is the best left tackle, probably that's played the game. They got really good offensive line. They're well coached. Coach Forrester does a great job with that. Coach Shanahan's a great game caller. So we got our hands full. I love it. One, one more for you. We, we heard your name mentioned about Samope. How flattering is that to kind of, you know, people noticing what you're doing? Well, you know, it's just, it's like like I, like I say this. I, I love where I'm at, and you always want to keep your feet and keep yourself planted where you're at. And you just try to do the best job you can where you're at. And, Things take care of itself. I love it. I hope we do this again next year. Well, that would be great, Michael. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. It was Joe Cullen. Uh, you remember he was a University of Richmond defensive coordinator under Jim Reed. Uh, those Boston guys, they don't they don't lose that New England accent. Uh, so fun to hear from him. <clears throat> Excuse me. We chatted. We chatted for a while uh, after the interview. He said he loved his time in Richmond. Great place to live. Uh, you know, just a huge, huge Richmond guy. Loved his time there. Formative years for him. And uh, to see the success they've had, because you remember, I mean, that defense, that Chiefs defense, the the knock on them was, well, Patrick Mahomes is carrying them. Uh, you know, that that's a Patrick Mahomes operation. Well, they've certainly disproven that this year. That defense has been nails when it matters. It mattered in Baltimore in that second half. Patrick Mahomes didn't score a point in the second half against Baltimore. That defense came through. Chris Jones, that defensive line. So great to hear from Joe Cullen. Uh, fun catching up with him at Super Bowl media night. We were over there at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the The field wasn't set yet. The field was still on the rolling tray. They'd taken it outside to get a little air. Uh, that's the big controversy this week uh, here in Vegas. Uh, a dumb controversy, but that's the one. we got to have a controversy. It's not a Super Bowl. Uh, it's a dumb one. I'll warn you. Uh, so... They have two practice facilities here. The Raiders have one, and UNLV has one. And they they said, whoever the AFC team is will practice at the Raiders facility. The NFC team will practice at UNLV. Well, Raiders have an indoor field, and UNLV doesn't have an indoor field. They don't have an indoor field because it's Las Vegas. It never rains here, Uh, so it wasn't a big deal. Well, guess what? It's rained nonstop since we got here. Every time I walk outside, it rains on me. We're in the middle of the desert. I have no clue what's going on here. So the Niners are salty. They're unhappy. They want an indoor field, too. Uh, that's that's the game. That's the game before the game out here at the Super Bowl. All right, we're off and running on a Tuesday. Uh, when we come back, Dan Quinn introduced as the new Washington Commanders coach yesterday. Uh, tons of Ben Johnson noise, too. The Ben Johnson noise is not going anywhere. We'll break it all down for you. Uh, having a fun time out here. Bud Light, big game week. We're live in Las Vegas. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Tuesday morning, we are back live from Las Vegas, Mandalay Bay. It's Bud Light Big Game Week, and I am thrilled to have on for our next guest, uh, a guy who's who's written it all, done it all, uh, Gary Myers, author the the newest book, Once a Giant, the story a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Michael. How you doing? I'm great. We're in, we're in Las Vegas. Obviously, they uh, they know how to party here. But um, what what I've learned from your book is uh, the the Giants knew how to party too. That was uh, that that was a team that knew how to get after it. 
They really did, and um, I guess it's 5.30 in the morning out where you are, so <laughs> those Giants would just be just about be coming in on a Friday night. So um, I trust you got your sleep. <laughs> you you trust incorrectly, Gary. But uh, oh no! Uh, if you could tell the story, I, they they had a way of making you know I'm, I I had to set my alarm, make sure I made the show this morning. You you had they had a way of making sure they they didn't miss their morning meeting after a night out. Yeah, and um, thanks for having me on. By the way, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so this book is really about the Giants' life after football. And, and how these guys are, remain such a brotherhood 37 years after winning a championship together. But I kind of balanced it off with fun stories. And the one that you're referencing is on Friday nights, um, you know, the players would get done like they do around the NFL. Uh, they get done with their team meetings and, and walkthroughs or light practice on Fridays. It's like three, four o'clock. And, um, Parcells would have a meeting at 9 a.m. on Saturday, whether it was a home game or a road game. So um, uh, when it was a road game, uh, the players would pack their stuff for the road trip and bring it to work on Friday. And um, so after work, they would kill some time in New Jersey and just kind of hang out. And then either take car services or caravan into the city. And um, instead of going home, when they left the city around four o'clock and in those days you know at four o'clock the places were still hopping it still might be for all i know but um that instead of going home they were they would drive to the stadium uh, parking lot at, at giant stadium and, and sleep in their cars so around four o'clock there was a caravan of headlights coming into the parking lot at giant stadium and they'd sleep in their cars but to make sure and that was basically they felt if they went home there was a good chance they were going to oversleep and miss the team meeting and get fined by Parcells. So they slept in their cars, but to make sure they didn't oversleep in their cars, they each man chipped in $50 and they paid the, uh, the locker room guys to come wake them up at a quarter to nine. And they would bang on the windows of the cars and, and make sure they were up and they couldn't leave the car until they knew the player was up. And, you know, at about a quarter to nine or 10 to nine, you'd see these guys kind of, sleepwalking down the ramp at giant stadium uh that led right to the locker room so i i didn't know about it at the time i don't think anybody did but if you can just imagine uh it must have been hysterical and it's too bad that it was the days before cell phones so that moment <laughs> wasn't preserved <laughs> I, I think some stories are best told uh, 40 years later, uh, stat, statute yeah, of limitations right. and all that. Uh, Gary Myers, the book is Once a Giant, uh, but Gary, of course, has written about everything in the world of the NFL. So this, this is a Washington commander station. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you make of the end of the Dan Snyder era and, and, and what's next here? You know, I, I'm kind of, um, I don't want to say embarrassed to tell you this, but just like a misjudgment on my part. I, in 1999, when I was working for the Daily News here in New York, and I, I wrote about the NFL predominantly rather than the Jets and Giants in those days, uh, you know, I, I came down to um, what was then Redskin Park and, and, and sat for a long time with Dan Snyder. And this was a few months after he had purchased the team. And I sat with him in his office and, you know, walked around the complex and, and spent a lot of time with him and, and did a story and I, I mean, I was impressed by him. 
you know, the fact that he was a lifelong fan of the team and he was a young guy and wanted to do things the right way and cared about the fans because he was a fan. I, I thought in a way, you know, he was going to be due for that team with Jerry Jones did in Dallas. Um, by, you know, being fan friendly in a lot of ways, but, you know, more than anything, turn the team into a winner. And as the years went on, as people in Washington obviously are aware, I couldn't have been more wrong. And um, I, I don't really don't know what happened. You know, I, I thought he was a guy that just got it and was going to know how to run a franchise. And obviously the things that happened over his, was it 24 years of ownership yep. were just horrendous, almost no success on the field. Um, it sounded like uh, the organization kind of ran wild with those in a, in a horrible way with those stories of sexual harassment. And um, I, I, I'm just really, I, I just was really surprised, you know, based on what my initial impression was of the guy. And, you know, I talked to him over the years and obviously I saw the change in him. Um, he became, you know, it just seemed it became all about him, and he he carried himself like he'd won four Super Bowls, and we know that he didn't even win four playoff games. <laughs> so, I, I think it's good for the team and and good for the fans that, um, thing you know things have gotten so negative there that it, it was best for everybody, and, and probably really good for Dan um, to get out of there and get out of the public eye because he was never going to recover. Uh, with the fans and you know I, I hope that Josh Harris um, paid attention to all the wrong things that Snyder did and and does a lot of fan friendly stuff and that the, and the team turns around and I think they have a you know pretty good one-two punch now in Adam Peters and, and Dan Quinn and you know uh, maybe some of these municipalities that are interested in, in a new stadium will will be able to make a deal because you know FedEx Field is, is just a horrible place and um yeah i've noticed <laughs> so i think yeah i know right i think the arrow is pointing up for the franchise you know how long it will take who knows but um they have lots of draft picks and I'll, I'll tell you this they better not get it wrong with the second pick in the draft even if they can't move up to one um they got to pick the right quarterback there and we're assuming it's between daniels and, and drake may because caleb williams will go first most likely. Um, and in history has shown that when, when there are two quarterbacks that are going to go one, two, and in this case, probably one, two, three, you know, only one of them is going to turn out to be a star. And, you know, Washington saw that with Andrew Luck and, and RG three that, you know, Robert might've turned out to be a superstar. He was for one year. But, you know, the injuries got him, and, and Andrew Luck was a, turned out to be a better player, although not for very long because the injuries got him as well. So um, it's a crucial decision for the future of the franchise. And um, like I said, you know, they better get it right. That's a, you, you miss a number two. That's, that sets you back for a very, uh, very long time. And, and I, I know. Well, you, you know, I'll tell you this I've seen that right here with the Jets. Yes. You know, they missed on number three with Sam Darnold in 2018, came back with number two in 2021 was Zach Wilson. And, you know, they're left praying that Aaron Rodgers at the age of 40 can come back from a 
a torn Achilles. You know, that's a bad situation to be in. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you missed twice to Arnold Wilson, and, and now you're counting on Aaron Rodgers to save you. That's, uh, that's not great. I, yeah, I know you know Robert uh, well. Yeah, I know you guys had discussed a book at one point. Um, I, yeah. I, I love him. I've talked to him many times. Uh, the, you know, he's got, of, of all the Dan Snyder people, he, he's got a fascinating story. He does. And um, I, I wish we had been able to follow through and have that book come out. Um, I can't really get into why it didn't, but it was, you know, it was, it was near completion when, when things, when things changed. But, um, I, I, it was during the COVID season that I was researching with him. So, you know, I met with him once in his house in the Baltimore area when he's, it was his last year playing for the Ravens. And then we probably did, you know, 10 or 15 zoom sessions, so I got to know him really well. I really didn't know him when he was playing, and I really liked him. And he does have a fascinating story to tell, and I thought it would have been a fascinating read, and people would have learned a lot about, you know, from his perspective about what happened in his years in Washington. And, um, you know, knowing him, I mean, he, I, I'm not surprised at his success on ESPN because he just kind of gets it, how to do television. Yes. And, um, you know, he, he just, he, he gets, he just understands and he's made a really smooth transition to television. But I bet you that if one of the 32 teams was to call him tomorrow and say, Robert, here's what we're going to do. We want to sign you tomorrow and let you stay with, you know, be with us their entire preseason OTAs, mini camp, you know, come work out with the team. And we'll make a decision at the end of the off-season program uh, whether we, we want you to come to training camp. And if they said, yeah, we've seen enough, we think you can at least compete for a backup quarterback job, and then you never know what happens after that, my gut feeling is that he would do it. And and he would put his TV career aside to give football another shot because he's still really young, and he still has it in him. And I know he still works out, but, um, I mean, I really doubt that's going to happen now. He hasn't played in like three complete seasons, I guess. Um, but I, I know football is, you know, he feels his unfinished business there. Um, but you know, the fact is that when he was in Cleveland and had a chance, he kept getting hurt. And, uh, I know the one game, that he started for the Ravens in 2000. If you remember that afternoon game in Pittsburgh, a Wednesday afternoon Wednesday, game. Wednesday, yes. Yeah. Um, he wasn't playing great. And then in the early the third quarter, um, he, he's, I can't remember if it was a, a hamstring or, or something, but he suffered a, an injury that put him out for the rest of the year when he had an opportunity to play because Lamar was out. Um, and then that, that's been it. I, I know he worked out for the Panthers the following season. Matt Rule brought him in for a workout, and they didn't sign him. And, you know, the best of my knowledge, um, he hasn't had a workout since. But uh, like I said, you know, these guys who are super competitive, and Robert is super competitive, it's very hard to walk away when it's not close to being on your terms. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And a guy who's had success in so many ventures, and, and I know – uh, has on TV and will continue to have. He's uh, he, he's great on on ESPN. 
Uh, Gary Myers, uh, best-selling author, Brady versus Manning, the new book, Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. Make sure to pick that up. Uh, Gary, we're down here at the Super Bowl. Uh, I know you've written about Brady. You've written about Manning. Are, are we nearing uh, putting Mahomes in, in that club? Um, let's see what happens in the next 10 years. <laughs> yep. I mean, he, he, this is his fourth Super Bowl, which is obviously fantastic. And if he wins his third, you know, he gets into a company where there's only going to be three guys or one more than him, you know, Montana, Bradshaw, and obviously, you know, Brady, and he'll separate himself from the man from the Manning brothers and, you know, some other guys, Elway, um, you know, who've won two, but he, he's got a long way to go. And I think he admitted that last night. Um, he has an awfully long way to go to get into that conversation. Is he the greatest quarterback today? I, I don't think anybody would question that. But, um, you know, he's at two. <laughs> and, and Brady's got seven. <laughs> it's amazing. So, and, and Brady played, what, 23 years. Yeah. Um, now, if, I'll say this. If Patrick can stay healthy, and so far he has, and we hope he continues to stay healthy. Uh, he's got a shot at, you know, climbing the ladder uh, towards the greatest ever. And he's, he's got certainly a, a really good chance, especially if he wins on Sunday, um, to eventually get to five, which would put him in second place. But, you know, seven is a long, he's a long way from seven. And not saying that'll be the ultimate judge on whether we consider him the greatest of all time, you know, just based on, how many Super Bowls he wins, but it, you know, the closer he gets to Brady, the stronger his argument will, will get. But um, it, it's hard to win in this league. They didn't have a great team this year. They got hot at the right time. Um, and I have no doubt that he'll be able to sustain his level of play. But, but what about the team around him? We saw the drop-off in wide receiver play this year. You know, Eventually, Andy Reid will retire. You know, how will it be when Patrick is playing for somebody else? Um, Kelsey's going to retire, I would think, in the next couple of years. Yep. Um, you know, the personnel's going to change around them. And unless they're able to, you know, replenish it with players of the same ability, and, and, and he'll, he'll get stuck in a situation like Brady was in, say, his last year in New England, where the skill set, the skill level, rather, the skill position players around him really took a step backwards. And it, it's really hard to carry a team by yourself, especially when you look at the quarterbacks who are in the AFC, you know, just getting through Burrow and, and, and Jackson and, and Josh Allen and, and Justin Herbert's going to come on now that Harbaugh's out there. I mean, that, that's a gauntlet of great quarterbacks that you got to survive in the playoffs just to get to the Super Bowl. So um, uh, I think instead of like too, being too worried about the, and I know this is what we do, but instead of being too worried about, you know, where he can he be the greatest ever, I think we really just do, should enjoy watching this guy in his prime now just do some things that nobody's ever done on the field before. I love it. Uh, Gary Myers, really appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Hey, give me, give me one story oh. about Vegas. Vegas is a Super Bowl site. What do you think so far? Uh, I know the, it's early the, the, in the week. The juice is unreal. Uh, obviously not right now. We're waking up Radio Row right now. But uh, yeah. we're, we're over at Mandalay Bay, um, That that's the one you can walk to Allegiant from across here. And um, so there's the, yeah. there's the bar in the lobby. You know, it's a Super Bowl event. Everybody's hanging out in the lobby bar every night. Uh, yeah, I said, what's it going to be like on Saturday? The waitress says, you can't come in on Saturday. It's booked out. 
What what does wow. that mean? So somebody paid seven figures to to have the bar to themselves on on Saturday night before the Super Bowl out here. Uh, you, Radio Row's probably about thirty percent bigger than it was in L.A. Um, yeah, everything's so central, right? That's New Orleans next year. That's a great Super Bowl city. Everybody, yeah, absolutely. everybody's central. Absolutely. Um, I, San Francisco, I thought was one of the worst because it, it's so sprawling. You know, there yeah. was there wasn't a central meeting point, but right down here in Vegas, yeah, everybody's on the strip in the bar seeing each other. And they, yeah, I'm I'm a people person. I I know you're a people person. Obviously, it's just yeah, great to see everybody and have people walk by and all those conversations. I, I think it's going to go down as a really good host. Well, I hope so. And, you know, I, I went to 37 straight Super Bowls from 1982 to 2017 and, uh, or 2018, something like that. Um, and I always felt that the, the Super Bowl week should be held in New Orleans and a Super Bowl game should be held at the Rose Bowl. Yes. Now, obviously, they would never do anything like that. But New Orleans, like you said, is a fantastic place to have the Super Bowl because, you know, everybody just kind of hangs out in the French Quarter and, you know, um, and it's an essential meeting place. And, and you just see everybody that you'd want to see and probably a lot of people you don't want to see. Um, and then the Rose Bowl, which probably will never host another Super Bowl now that they have SoFi Stadium. But uh, what a fantastic venue if you watch the – Michigan Alabama Rose Bowl game this year. Just the you know the pictures beyond the San Gabriel Mountains, you know behind beyond the walls of the stadium is just makes for just an amazing picturesque setting. So I always thought let's spend the week in New Orleans and if everybody flies to California on Saturday <laughs> for the game on Sunday, but, uh, I'll co-sign um, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, having a Super Bowl in a dome stadium in Las Vegas. Is, something I never, ever thought would happen. Just think about how hard the NFL fought the whole gambling thing. And then as soon as the Supreme Court, you know, made it lead, you know, up to the states, the NFL embraced gambling. They have uh, a whole bunch of sports book sponsors. But, um, you know, it was only like five or six years ago they wouldn't let Tony Romo hold a fantasy football league convention yes. in Vegas. And now there's a team, they've had the draft, they've had the Pro Bowl a couple of times, they have the Super Bowl Sunday, and they're going to get into this regular Super Bowl rotation as long as everything goes smoothly this week. Um, you know, th this thing was bad for the NFL until it was good for the NFL. And nobody knows how to make money like the NFL, so they've embraced the whole uh, sports betting app um, availability now and i just can't imagine how much money the owners are making off of that i mean brent musburger gives the wink to the line back in the day oh that's an important touchdown there and now yeah now the, yeah. the whole espn pregame is you like you like the kelsey over on receiving yards well you know what do you think about that <laughs> i mean al michaels used to yes. you know i work with al on monday night football for 10 years and al was so clever mentioning the spread without mentioning the spread by saying you know, at the end of the game, you know, oh, there's a lot, a lot of happy people with that field goal, <laughs> yes. you know, that, that made it, you know, 21-17 and allowed the, the underdog to cover or, or the, the, you know, the, the favorite to, to cover. And I would totally be into that without ever mentioning the spread. And then whoever his analyst was at the time would, would kind of chuckle and, um, 
and now they don't have to really hide it um, if they want to talk about it. It's it's just it's just fun. It's just it's amazing to me, really, Michael, that the um, that the league was petrified of Las Vegas, and now it's going to become you know a regular host of it, the biggest event the league has. So money talks. The money, money's talking. No, no doubt about it. There's a lot of it out here this week. Um, well, Gary, you're very kind to share your time. Uh, Gary Myers, Once a Giants, the book, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football, and many others, of course. Uh, thank you for spending time with us this morning. Yeah, if I just mentioned that, it's available on Amazon or where you, wherever you like to get your bookstores, and I appreciate you having me on, and have a great day. Absolutely. There he goes. Uh, we're waking up the desert out here. It's uh, it's 5.51. We're back with more after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. About how we're in Las Vegas, and, and I'm loving it, and hopefully I get a chance to talk to Parney here in a minute because he's my guy. Uh, and he knows he knows all the celebrities we're seeing out here. Uh, Mad Dog Russo came by yesterday. The guys behind us are doing a podcast, and uh, he, he agrees to be on their podcast at the end of it. They're like, oh, man, you make it look easy. He goes, ah, oh, podcast is easy. Try doing five hours of radio, uh, which is what he did back in the heyday, Mike and the Mad Dog. I know my guy Parney knows that. Uh, JC, what's what's our word on Parney? We got Parney locked and loaded? Hello. Hello. Hey, there he is. Let's go. Right. What is up, dude? All right. Well, you sound pretty good for being uh, in Vegas and Sin City, number one. Number two, did I hear that promo right that Awad called himself the Steve Nash of wingmen? All right, here's the situation. Um, one, I think that might be true because the point of a wingman is to make the other guy look good, and nobody's doing that better than Awad, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, so I think that might be true. Number two, uh, he declared yesterday uh, on the radio that he could do 35 push-ups in a row. And, and I just no need to way. figure out how, no how to call him on that in, in a way that, that obviously produces maximum radio row entertainment. Yeah, I, I, will, I will Venmo you however much money you want to lay on the <laughs> under on that one. <laughs> Dude, Vegas ain't taking bets on the under on that one. you got you got to work off a different line than 35. That's, uh, that, that's a full no-go right there. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever done a Super Bowl? Um, in in your many world travels, uh, well, I've, ne- I've never been to the Super Bowl um, uh, itself. I've been in and around the cities at times. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I, I I'm very close with Jerome and, and Jamal Dokes. Jerome Bettis and his businessman Jamal Dokes. They'll be out there tomorrow. I just got through texting with them, uh, and it's a big week nowadays. What we do, Tanya and the kids and I go to Sandbridge, and we participate in the Sandbridge Island Beach Bar Super Bowl festivities. Uh, and my kids are really excited about the Usher halftime show this year. So uh, it's a big week for us. I tweeted earlier today that it's an exciting week as a football fan and as also a amateur handicapper. Uh, I'm an amateur because I'm not in the plus side this year, so I'm an amateur. And uh, but but nothing's like opening day, which I'll just remind your listeners. I know we're talk not talking baseball today. Talk baseball days today. From you, your party, man. Fire it up. 60, 63 days from tonight is the home opener for the Flying Squirrels. So make sure you're, you're preparing for March the second, which is Nazi's block party, and you can buy individual game tickets then for opening night, Fourth of July, whatever. Uh, and we are also selling group tickets. So it's a great opportunity for businesses to come out on opening night as well churches whatever 
uh, and we'll be making an announcement on the celebrity first pitch guest for opening night pretty soon. So, uh, so with all that said, we're really excited about this week, and and I'm uh, really excited, just enjoying uh, football the way that I do and making picks on a weekly basis like I do. I'm I'm really excited. I think this is a a really good matchup. I'm really having a hard time, MP, deciding which way to go. All right, we'll get to the pick in a second. Ra- polish off baseball, though. I started this show, uh, as you know, another local news entity laid me off uh, unceremoniously, and I-, I started doing this radio show last year. Basically, one of our very first shows was right before the playoff game out there at the Diamond. Um, I am excited for a whole summer of having Trey and Blaine on. Uh, if, if they're back, I don't know if that's been announced yet or not. I hope they're back. Those are my guys. Uh, having you on, having some players on, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun this summer because uh, you know I love me some baseball. That That's my game. Uh, everybody's been asking me here all week, uh, you know, like, are, are you a big Chiefs fan? Because I, I grew up in Kansas. And, and the answer right. is, yes, I'm a Chiefs fan, and, and I'll be pulling for him Sunday. But I grew up in a baseball household. My dad was a a Royals guy. I played baseball. We drove up to Kansas City to watch baseball. I we we maybe went up to one or two Chiefs games, but we went to dozens of Royals games. So I you know nobody more fired up for the, for this weather turning good and getting out to the diamond than me. Well it's a big day for you Royals fans yesterday signing Bobby Witt Jr. to a long term contract and uh, I was, was that eleven eleven the- years I think yeah, eleven years to almost three hundred million. I think two seventy four. I mean, he, he ain't going to be able to to be worrying about dinner money uh, anytime soon. That's for sure. Uh, but he's a really exciting player. And I was talking to several baseball people yesterday. I actually had lunch yesterday with uh, Mark Budzinski, the third base coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. I I sent him on his way to spring training. Excuse me, first base coach of Toronto Blue Jays, and we were talking about that signing and. And you know, I don't know if the Royals will be ready for this year or not, but but they are doing it the right way, and they're building around Bobby, and I, I think they're going to be a really good team to be reckoned with here in the next few years. The team that I feel like we all should be really watching, the Orioles get stronger and stronger. And that trade they made the other day, that that might that might be a, a at the end of the day that might be a uh, a trade that that propels them past the first round. They ran into. Obviously, Boach and Tony Beasley and the buzzsaw that was the Texas Rangers in the first round last year. But the Orioles are a team that the, the Orioles fans listening to this show, you should be really, really excited. They have stud after stud after stud that can't even rent a, rent a car because they're not 25 years old. So uh, I, I think they're a team to watch for sure. No doubt, and uh, so much excitement there. New ownership, new lease at Camden Yards, which is a great place to watch baseball. Uh, great time to be an Orioles fan. And and the Red Sox sitting on their hands and not doing anything. I, I don't know when the Red Sox quit being participants in baseball, but uh, but that one threw me for a loop too. Every every time I see somebody with a Red Sox hat, I go, how you doing? They go, oh, we're terrible right now. We're not doing anything. So. <laughs> But but you know what, MP? Like I really think you hit on it a little bit. Like football's awesome, and and football Sundays in America is great. But just the day to day lifestyle of baseball and how people, you know, your your dad taught you to be a Royals fan. Like just the hand me down aspect that happens in other sports. But the day to dayness of it, even in the winter, even in the winter, and I think baseball has done a great job, and MLB has done a great job of promoting the game in the winter time. Uh, very, very much. So people are watching that. One of the things that 
I'm really surprised about as a baseball fan and as also someone who's made his living from baseball the last 35 years is how many unsigned free agents there still are out there. Like people are reporting to training camp next week and there's still a good number of major league free agents that are, that are, uh, are available for services. And then there's also a, a, a pretty good number of flying squirrels players, including some flying squirrels legends that have not been re-signed or signed by anyone. So uh, this is going to be a very active week. I know it's big game week, but but I think from a baseball perspective, if you're a baseball fan, look at that transaction column every day because I think you're going to start seeing a bunch of names being thrown in there. Not just big game week, it's Bud Light big game week. Uh, my guy JR, I know he's out there listening. My guy Rob up in D.C. listening on the Odyssey app, uh, part of the great Great family, Browns distributing, uh, Bud Light, all those great people. Of course, they work with you guys down at the Diamond, too, making memories every night. It wouldn't be big game week if we didn't have Parney on. And I agree with you. So here's my read on this game, uh, and then give me your read on this game. Uh, I get Patrick Mahomes and points. Like, that just feels super obvious. But it, I, I feel like earlier this year, right, we said that about Nick Saban. Uh, so many times, right? He was he was the dog against Texas, and, and he was an underdog against Georgia. Like, give me a give me a goat with points any day. But man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners punch him in the mouth. I think my favorite line here is Niners minus half a point on the first half line. I, that's where I think the value is. I don't know who's going to win. I think it'll be a good game, but I think the Niners punch him in the mouth before the Chiefs Chiefs get get going. Well, I, I here's where I, I think I'm going to end up. I, it's hard for me. So I think you got you got Mahomes, who's amazing, and you got Purdy, who hasn't played great. And in the losses that they've lost, he's been one of the reasons. But I think quarterback, quarterback, they're they're going to be okay. I think this game is won on the defensive side of the ball. I think Kansas City's defense is has been they're not underrated, MP. But when you think about Kansas City. Who do you think about? You think about 15, you think about 87, you think about Pacheco, you think about the offensive side of the ball. You don't necessarily think about Spags' defense. What they did to Lamar, they're going to need to do that to Purdy. Now, does does Purdy have more tools? He's got 23, right? Like, number 23 is, is huge, and I, and I don't think the Ravens had somebody like that. So I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I, I think I'm going to play the under. Uh, I think it's 47 and a half. I, I think the under is probably going to be the play for me. And I'm probably going to go uh, with Big Red. The only the Big Red and, and the Chiefs, the only thing I don't like about it is it would be back-to-back. And, and you know, I just, I just can't fully convince myself. So it'll probably come down to something Tanya says to me right before the kickoff, like that person has a nice hair or – uh, the the uniforms look better on this team or something like that, and I'll switch my pick real quick. I'll probably wait for Svetis to make his pick tomorrow on the show and uh, and go opposite. That's been a pretty good strategy. Uh, I, I'm going to send my kids to college on that one. <laughs> the, the, the other right. thing I was thinking about, the other thing I was thinking about, MP, is, is looking at the rosters. I haven't done this yet. Looking at the rosters, and see which team has more Richmond area people on it or more Virginia area people on it and go that route, the real scientific route. Uh, and then but get, to get back real quickly to, to serious handicapping, uh, when the Chiefs play the Niners, 
the Chiefs have averaged under one turnover a game, point zero point eight nine, and the the Niners have averaged one point five six. I really think it's going to come down to a key turnover, whoever makes the mistake, and the defense that makes the play. And I think, I mean, we're, to me, I'm looking at like 2017, 17, 10. The NFL won't be happy with it. Uh, but last year we had 38, 35. We've had some blowouts here. We're not blowouts. We had some some overs here recently. Three out of the last four, four out of the last five Super Bowls have been over. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. There you go. Our guy Parney, uh, flying squirrel season right around the corner. You'll hear it right here on 910 The Fan, of course, and uh, we'll be out at the ballpark having fun. Thanks for making some time for us, dude. It's awesome, and thanks to Bud Light. You know, I'm single-handedly trying to, to, to set records in Bud Light sales this week, uh, myself personally. So do your job out there. Drink some BLs. Have a great time. If you see Bus tomorrow, slap him in the back of the head, tell him Parney, Parney loves him. I love it so much. Uh, three days in a row of having a Bud Light. I like my chances today of making it four. Uh, one local guy on each team, Joe Cullen, former UR defensive coordinator on the uh, on the Chief or on the Chiefs, uh, and you've got uh, Cleveland Farrell from Benedictine on the 49ers. One apiece there. Our guy Parney. Uh, we got to step aside. AWOD's poker update on the other side, live from Vegas. Bud Light Big Game Week. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. All right, Tuesday morning out in the desert. It's 820 out here, 1120 back in Richmond. Bud Light big game week. Thanks to our friends at Bud Light for sending us out here. Here's the thing. Um, I feel like, so I didn't like go full gas out of the gate today because that's, I usually don't do my show that way. Like it's a two hour show. I'd say we usually hit our stride maybe about 10 minutes in, have a great show, wind it back down. I'm realizing I'm not going to get to a fraction of what I want to get to today. Oh, yeah. Um, I got We got to be all gas, no break, five hours every day. Uh, that's, sure. that's my radio row lesson here. Uh, but one thing I'm, I'm not going to skip, I refuse to skip, is the poker update. Uh, so we had Maria Konnikova on yesterday, pro, pro poker player. She gave me the tips, um, and, and her tip was basically just have fun. The pros are going to take your money. I think uh, you just like saying her name. Armed with that, not um, I want. So I think she's probably Russian, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a cool name. It's a cool name. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know that she's right. She could be Ukrainian. Maybe she knows Max Sholga. VCU <laughs> uh, Fordham tonight seven on the fan uh, six fifteen pregame show. Uh, so we both sat down twice at the table now. Uh, I'll give mine real quick because um, I actually haven't heard about your night last night yet. So I'm excited for that. Um, the first one I'm sitting at the Bellagio. Um, I love the Bellagio because they'll bring you any drink you want. Um, like some, like some of these, it's like you know they'll bring you the well drinks for free. That, that that's not the case at the Bellagio. They will bring you Fiji water. They'll bring you you know top shelf drinks. You know what, whatever you want while you're playing. Uh, I sat down with a hundred bucks. Uh, I left with forty one. <laughs> it was it was a bit of I, I left down. No, I, what was it? I was down forty nine. I forget. I don't know. It's somewhere in the middle. I yeah, think somewhere I think you were down close to 50, yeah. Somewhere in the middle. That that feels about right. Uh, the num- the numbers elude me at the moment. We were trying to get you at that table, which I was excited about because it was, it was a fun table. The, the weird dynamic was there was a guy who was really good at the table, and his wife was there or partner or somebody, and she was spectacularly bad. Yes. She was the mark at the table. And that was the bit was get in a hand where she's playing. So <laughs> he keeps winning. And she keeps losing. And so he he wins $100. 
She loses $100. He gives her the $100 yeah. so that she'll stay there and keep playing. Yeah. Uh, it was just a wacky bit. Uh, so the money's just kind of circulating around the table. Uh, but we couldn't get Adam a seat there, so we go over to – where do we go where we both play? Caesars. We go over to Caesars. We're at a table with – and if, if we get somebody famous here, I will stop this story in a heartbeat. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> I see the famous people circulating. If we, if we land a famous person, hey, don't worry. It, the, the breaks are on. We'll finish the story later. Uh, we go over to Caesars. We're at a table with a professional pickleball player. Yeah. Uh, which was wild. You know, picking, he, lived in, he lives in Canada. Um, he had the, the swag, the gear, like he sponsored – uh, you know, playing poker with a professional pickleball player. That was a ton of fun. Uh, I left up $4 there. If you're running the math, that's, we're in the red. We're in the red overall. Uh, but then you, you got a solo table at Mandalay last night. So you want to you give us the rundown? Yeah, so when we sat together, I think I, I, think I lost $100, right? At I, I was up. You didn't win. Yeah, no, I was right. up for a little bit. Like yeah. I won a couple hands, yeah, and then that seems to be my issue. So uh, last Can't night, handle prosperity for sure. Last <laughs> night after the opening ceremonies, I'm on an all-time high after interviewing Steve Spagnola, Will Compton, Adam Schefter. So I come back and I'm I'm looking for action. All right, and so my whole plan was I'm going to hang around at Mandalay Bay and and hopefully. They are going to be a couple celebrities to walk by. So I'm walking around Mandalay just, Bay. Just celebrities everywhere here at oh, Mandalay. Yeah. yeah. Walk around Mandalay Bay, and I see a little poker section, and I kind of thought it was like the high rollers. Because you told me Mandalay Bay, the poker was closed the other day. Right, it is when closed. We well, they, they opened this section up. There's like a temporary room? I, it, was like, it wasn't even like a room. It was just like six tables in a corner. Right? I, I kind of like that. I did, too. Right? I kind of like that vibe, so right? I was like, is this high roller? He's like, no, no, it's the one-twos. All right, so I checked in That's with $100, us, sat down at the table, and immediately I see this one guy's got $600 in chips. And he says, usually I'm the pigeon, but I'm getting lucky today. Okay. All right, so uh, I kind of, like, started teaming up with the guy next to me, as a lot of people do in poker, right? Like, when he went in on, on a hand, I would fold, right? Yeah. When he folded, sometimes I would go in. Yep. Uh, so I hit a flush. Let's right? go. Like like second hand, Let's one, go. 125 bucks. And usually when I win a hand, I almost always fold pre-flop the next hand. It's like my thing. Yeah. And then I got pocket aces next time. Let's go. Right? So I'm playing it really slow, all right? And this is this I felt like a poker pro. This is such a good move here. Somebody else bets 40 bucks, all right? I say, I'll take your 40. I'll raise it to 80. Yeah. All right? Won that hand. Won like two more after that. I went in with 100. I'm up to $375 in chips. So Stop I'm $275. I texted you. I said, Michael, come by and look at my stack. Yeah. Right? Dude. And then the freaking guy with the $600 and the guy next to him started playing bully ball. All right? And when I say that, what I mean is pre-flop, instead of $2 or $4, it became 20 every time. You're a big stack guy now. Right? And so my stack went down. 20 every single hand basically because I was trying to see, see flops. That's that's what I love to do is I want to see the flop. Sometimes you have to pay too much to see the flop and that $275 plus went in the drain oh. and then I got down to $75. Oh. I went all in with uh, pocket 10s. Okay. And uh, I got rivered. That's defensible. Yeah. Yeah. You can hold your head up high going all in with pocket tens. Yeah, it's just yeah. you have to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. I should have walked away. I was up so much money. You would have been up net for the trip. Yeah. Like, it's actually hard to lose 375 the way we play. Yeah. If you had walked away. Yeah. If you had just walked just, away. The thing is, is, you know, you get into a hand where 
you you bet twenty dollars and then somebody raises it to forty and then you're like, well, I'm already committed. Yeah. Because I I I have something good. I know I'm I don't have for the nuts, 20. but I have something good. I'm in for twenty. I, yeah. Why am I? Why would I not be in for forty? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, so that's how that's they a, kind of windled me down. And then I just knew I had to go all in and try to double up. And that's when I lost. We got all week. Uh, you watched the tape. You got better. You took notes. I respect that. Yes. Um, that that's how the grinders I certainly do it. got better from day one to day two. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's something to build on. We're we're here for a few more days. I want to see this room. I want to go back because yeah. the table I was at, there were two good poker players, and I feel like there were three bad poker players. Yeah. I might have been one of the bad ones, but there were two others that were bad too. And anytime they were in on a hand, you knew to go for it. You know. Okay. Um. It's break time here. we got to take a break. Uh, I want to play a fun Vegas guessing game with you uh, on the other side. Let's do it. Uh, We'll do it. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Not it's not anything here on Radio Row in Vegas. VCU's at Fordham tonight. Uh, you'll hear it right here on the fan. Seven o'clock tip. They're only a four-point favorite at Fordham. And uh, spare me with Fordham's gotten good. I don't know like that. VCU's better than Fordham. VCU's not better than Fordham. Uh, we're gonna have issues tomorrow. We're gonna have a long show tomorrow. We gotta gotta get back to. Uh, Got to get back to Circa, watch that game, get him to put it on the big screen. Uh, our guy Tim Murray is going to swing by tomorrow. Uh, he's over at Circa. Uh, that, that's the sports book. That's the place to be. Uh, I was over there having burgers and fries with my guy Grant Paulson last night watching some college basketball. That's life in Vegas. Life in Vegas is all right. Uh, we, uh, we had a fun time. I had a milkshake. It's, uh, I feel like I'm like 12 again. Uh, I had a vanilla milkshake, burger, and a fries. We watched college basketball all night. Watched my Jayhawks lose in overtime. It's all right. It, it goes down smooth when you're uh, when you're in Vegas when you're having fun. Uh, we'll bring GP on for the bits. We walked down Fremont Street, uh, which is uh, old Vegas, downtown Vegas. Um, I, I don't. I'm trying to think of a polite way to say this. I don't think like this is polite anymore. But it's redneck Vegas. Um, it's it's kind of it's where Branson meets Vegas. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a bit of a scene out there. Uh, it's kind of kind of wild. Uh, we're out here in Vegas. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. Uh, had had a Bud Light last night. Uh, we thank them for sending us out here. Uh, great interview there with Joe Cullen, former University of Richmond defensive coordinator, uh, who is now uh, Kansas City Chiefs defensive line coach, and he's been mentioned for some jobs. I I don't know. It's tough when you make the Super Bowl every year. It's tough to land a job. It's tough to be, uh, you know, in in that interviewing process because you don't you don't get a chance to talk to these teams until after the game's over so we'll uh we'll, we'll see where that goes we'll see where that leads uh gary myers at the bottom of the hour uh asked him he he was the guy who was going to write the rg3 book um we'll ask him about that maybe uh, maybe get a dan snyder story or two from him uh dan quinn introduced yesterday's new coach of the washington commanders uh jc i'm not going to play these dan quinn clips because they're long Dan Quinn talked for 57 minutes yesterday. He had a lot to say. Uh, We'll get to that later in the show. Uh, There's two clips I want to play for you before the show's over. The first one, he just went super in-depth about everything he learned post-Atlanta and put into play in Dallas. It was very impressive. Uh, Everything everything here is viewed under the lens of, this is Ron Rivera 2.0. 
Uh, this was very impressive. This wasn't Ron leaving Carolina, getting on the plane and landing in Washington the next morning. This was a guy who's really done his homework. Uh, and you knew he was going to win the press conference. He's an impressive dude. Uh, the other thing was he, he said it wasn't a rebuild. Was it a refresh? Uh, something like that. Uh, he's just going to recalibrate. They're going to recalibrate expectations. Uh, that's Dan Quinn in Washington. But what I, and what I wrote about in the Washington Times yesterday was, look, you got Dan Quinn being introduced, and, and this was always going to be his day. Dan Quinn, so good in that press conference setting. Uh, and, and by the way, I don't want to hear about how that's a refreshing change. Ron won his opening press conference, too. He did. He did. Uh, he was impressive, too. And it's okay to say he was an impressive defensive-minded coach and it didn't work out. That's an okay thing to say. It's okay to be optimistic about Dan Quinn and acknowledge there are similarities with Ron Rivera. And it's okay to acknowledge they didn't get their first-choice coach because they didn't get their first-choice coach. Uh, but this was interesting. Adam Schefter was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Uh, JC, this is clip number five. Uh, and Adam Schefter, I, I don't associate him as being, like, an emotional guy uh, unless we're watching Michigan football. But uh, he was he was kind of hot about this Ben Johnson situation. Here's the clip. I, oh, by the way, and I'll also tell you this, the commanders found out in midair at the same time that they were getting a text from an agent. So it wasn't like something that was done in advance or there was any warning. There were media reports. One person on the plane turned to another and said, is this true? He's not interviewing with us anymore? <laughs> uh, this guy, where, aren't we flying two meters? What the hell? Josh Harris, they don't do this in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, oh, this is the basketball guys. So, then- so, so now, so now, back to the basketball. Basketball, Pete. What does that mean? Either either you're good and effective wow. at your job, or you're not. Either you know what you're doing, or you don't. We we got a good old fashioned mud fight here, and it's not it's not that anybody's right or anybody's wrong. Uh, I think I think it's more about this. We lived through Dan Snyder. We've lived through so many of these dramas, so many of these situations that we were hoping for a new day here and a fresh start. It's okay to not get your first choice. But we got a lot of mudslinging going on, uh, some, some feelings about Ben Johnson, some feelings about the commanders. Look, he may have cost them Raheem Morris. He may have cost them Mike McDonald. Uh, those, that may have happened. Uh, but I, to, to continue to lob grenades and engage with this, uh, it, it's, it's everything we've hated about the last 24 years. And it's, it's, time, it's time for them to move on. It's time for the team to move on. I know Dan Quinn's going to move on. Uh, I, I know that's a thing he's going to do. All right, we're going to take uh, we're going to take a break here because uh, on the other side uh, we got Gary Myers locked and loaded. He wrote a new book about the New York Giants. He's written a million books. He wrote about Brady and Manning back in the day. Uh, I want to ask him a book that didn't come out. Uh, he was going to write RG3's tell our tell all memoir. Uh, so Gary Myers, NFL author from Radio Row. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. It's MP on the mic. We're loving it. Uh, Seven twenty one out here. Ten twenty one. Back home, uh, back with more after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. All right, way too much to get to here today. Normal day, I probably spent 30 minutes talking about how impressive UVA was last night, uh, stifling Miami. I mean, just, just that's a good team. You saw what they did to Tech in their comeback the other day. UVA's for real. Be excited to see them down the stretch uh, at the ACC tournament. I don't think anybody's given North Carolina a game. Uh, I think Duke had it had maybe the best shot, uh, but I, I think I think they're running away with it. 
But I'd put Virginia and Duke right there, tournament teams, second-best teams. Uh, VCU Fordham tonight. VCU's a four-point favorite on the road. Classic trap game, smashed between the Spiders and Dayton. You'll catch it right here on the fan, 7 o'clock. But we're live in Vegas. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. We're having a ton of fun. Awad, every time I go anywhere, I always forget to pack something. Yeah. Uh, and that, that happened. I forgot to pack deodorant. And look. No way. Look. I'm trying to make a nice impression on people. I'm trying to make friends. (laughs) And so I went, like, I don't have the time to go to Walmart. Like, you get an Uber (laughs) to Walmart and back and blah, blah, blah. It's not going to work. Uh, So I went to the little gift shop at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, I know know the game here. It's, um, I'm going to pull this out for you here. I'll play a little Price is Right for you here. This is a degree sport deodorant. Would you describe this as a half size? Like a half stick. It's, size doesn't matter, but that's a half size. That's a half stick. <laughs> this is a half stick of degree sport for men. Uh, Bob Barker here. Uh, how much money did I spend on this? But before I, I tell you this, as an MGM Rewards member, yeah. I received a 10% discount. Okay. Yeah, cool. that, that's not Can nothing. Can do a sniff test? Would you like to do a sniff test? Has it already touched your pits? No. All right, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, just bought a sniff test. Just bought the, I'm, I'm undeodoranted right now, so that's, that's, that's my confession. Yeah. But like, we're good. We're just on Radio Row right now. You do a little smell test. Yeah, yeah, smell. There you go. go. Ooh, it's a good smell. That's a good, that's a good. It's not a premium product, though. Nobody's confusing that with a premium product. deodorant, 48H. Smell <laughs> test tells me we're in Vegas. This was $23. Okay, good. You're going to make this sound reasonable then because okay. uh, it was 12 Oh. $12 for a half stick of deodorant. I'm, I'm not shocked. No, I mean, no, nothing surprises right. me here. You know what the coolest thing is? Let me tell a quick uh, quick story. Last night, after I lose in poker, what do I do? The pizza's always banging, right? I needed to get a slice before the a end of the night. A slice is the perfect late-night food. So you told me about the, that slice spot that's in the mall of the Mandalay Bay, walking back Connecting to our two hotels. Yes, so I'm walking back, and I see it, and it looks banging. I mean, it's pepperoni, sausage, giant slice. They got say, the uh, the crispy pepperonis, yeah. the ones that like, curl up. The that's, ones that curl up. That's my scene. So I said, let me get a slice, all right? And uh, it's late, you know. And he says, sure. And uh, which one do you want? We're talking for a little bit. He says, hey, we're about to close. I don't like wasting food. Oh. Instead of of one slice of pizza, he gave me three. Ooh. For the price of one. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. So I ate two, and there's a third slice sitting in my room right now. That's a (laughs) Vegas win right there. It was awesome. It was awesome. we, We celebrate the dubs. Here in Vegas. All right. I think this. I, we saw my guy Jason Reed last night, who yeah. was Washington Post columnist in, in the Redskins days and kind of a, a professional shot taker at, at the Redskins these days. Uh, that when did he start taking shots? Probably 2013, right? Like after RG3 failed. I would say post Robert for sure. Yeah. Uh, he was. He famously predicted that the 2013 team would win 11 games coming off coming off of the playoff. Hey, part. hey you famously predicted last season would get 10. Uh, I I famously predicted Ron Rivera's defense would be good. Uh, that we all uh, we hey, all have our misses. By the way, how are your arms feeling after you did the fifty pushups? Uh, like lifting it above my head, I feel it. Like when yeah. I when I lift above my shoulder, I'm feeling. I did not do an arm workout this morning. You weren't going to go legs. to the scrums and lift Leg your day. microphone up above the podium. Uh, you know, it's, it's probably good that uh, the Jeep Grant Paulson. Uh, of Grant, Danny, and I went out to, to watch basketball last night instead of me trying to, to hold up the microphone and, and be a professional and, and yeah. all that number. Yeah. Um, so when we would go on the road back in the day, um, the bit was the team had a hotel 
and they let the NBC Sports Washington guys stay at that hotel. Um, so you use the team hotel, but also if you were NBC Sports Washington, you stayed there. So like now that'd be you know JP, Mitch, those guys. Right. Back then, Tarek El Bashir was one of those guys, yes. and so. We would always end up drinking there because the assistant coaches would come down the lobby. And, you know, that was, I mean, all of those people are NFL head coaches now. All of those people are in my phone. Like, it was, it was a tremendous time to be covering the team in the NFL. They were all young and fun and, you know, didn't have the responsibilities of being big, important NFL people. Um, but the hotels they would stay at would be $20 drink hotels. Right. Like, very expensive places. So you'd always try to sign it to the room of, of one of the people. Uh-huh. Um, so after a couple of weeks, I guess Tarek gets called in to see, you, you spent $200 on drinks. What happened here? I, well, I don't know. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. So Tarek gives us this big speech like, hey, we can't bill stuff to my room anymore. Like, they're, they're, they're salty about it. Um, sure. Okay. And, and the next week, somebody gets his room number and we do. And like, no, I'm serious. Like, next road trip. You, you cannot bill drinks to my room. Um, so he's like being all secretive, won't show us his room key, won't let anybody on the elevator with him. Like he is convinced nobody is going to find out his room number and nobody did. Um, we're at the bar, we're hanging out, um, we're having drinks. Jason Reed's there. Uh, some other people are there. Um, yeah, everybody, everybody will deny this story now, obviously, cause uh, you know, we're, you know, th- this is, this is, this is the inside game. Yeah. Uh, so Tarek leaves and we're still there. And the time comes for the bill, and uh, we like go to get our credit cards out to split it because Tarek's gone. And, and, and Jason Reed goes, no, 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 I got this, boys. I got this. I got this for everybody. And, and he turns to the waitress. He says, can I put it on my room? Says, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I just need, you know, need to see yeah. your room number and your card. And he starts, like, making a big show, like, slapping his pockets. He's, like, slapping his pockets, like, oh, my God, I, this is so – this is terrible. I forgot. I, I, I don't have it. I don't have my room key. Um, so it's, it's okay. What's your name? Tarek El-Bashir. Oh, my God. E-L-B-A-S-H-I-R. Spelled it she, and everything. I'll, I'll look it up for you. Uh, <laughs> so we, so you got him. I don't think he knows to this day that's what happened. Uh, I don't hope. Hopefully. I love the whole padding yourself, bit, right? Because <laughs> that's a good one. The show, the show sold it. Absolutely. He's at ESPN now. Um with uh, he's a USC guy, so uh, we'll, we'll have to get. I didn't ask him last night about uh, uh, the Caleb Williams situation, but mm-hmm. we'll have to uh, we'll have to do that for sure. Uh, all right, I want to play Dan Quinn, so I'm going to play Dan Quinn. This is a long clip. Uh, this is clip number four, JC. Uh, this is Dan Quinn yesterday introductory press conference. Uh, I freaking love this answer. This is what he learned from his time with the Atlanta Falcons. It's a long clip, but hang with it. This is really good stuff from Dan Quinn. You have to evolve, and it does have to change. And um, during that time of reflection, I said in between uh, leaving Atlanta and going to Dallas, I think I referred to Josh and Adam and like, you know, did a 360 on myself. With the other thing I did during that time defensively was we put the tape together from 2013 to 2020. So that included Seattle and it included Atlanta because it was really the same system in those eight years of defense. And what had once been good was no longer good enough. And so playing three deep the way that we did in Seattle and early on in Atlanta, there were some good things that went along with that. As it went further, more completions when you played this kind of vision zone, more troubled routes. And there's some excellent offensive coaches, so they knew this and this causes them problems and this and this. So coming back for that second lap, 
I knew I wasn't going to rinse and repeat. What were some things around the league and, and through college ball that could be different? And so coming back into Dallas, the system that we put together will be similar to the one here to say, let's collectively put together the commander's offense and defense. So that's why it evolved, where some things were good early on and they changed. Some things can stand the test of it, this front, this thing. But it did have to evolve, especially on the coverage side. The, uh, the offense and the quarterbacks were moving ahead faster than that scheme would allow. And so that is why having that space for me, although it sucked and it was depressing and pissed you off, there was this silver lining in that that made me become a better coach. Dan Quinn yesterday, introductory press conference. I wanted to play that whole thing because I, I think that, you know, every every retread coach press conference is some version of, I screwed up, that's why I got fired, and now I've learned and I'm good. What a what a comprehensive answer, though. Um, and, and, you know, Logan Paulson's out here doing his thing, uh, former former Redskins tight end, now commander's analyst. Dan Quinn called him and asked to watch tape with him. And if he's calling Logan Paulson, imagine who, like, he's empty in the Rolodex. Right. <laughs> he, and you could just tell it's such a detailed answer. Like, Mike McCarthy got the Cowboys job by BSing that he had watched every snap or whatever. Yeah. This is a guy who actually took the time to learn, to grow, to evolve. And you saw it in Dallas. That was a great defense. That was a defense people didn't want to play. And here's a disclaimer. I don't know if it'll work. I don't know. Odds are it's not going to work. More coaches fail than succeed. Uh, Patrick Mahomes makes a Super Bowl every year. That eliminates 50% of the available Super Bowl bursts, uh, you know, in the next decade. But dang if he's not out there grinding, trying, learning, uh, and, and evolving. Uh, which I think is an important word, right? I talked about that with Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. One of the reasons I'm out on Kingsbury is I have not seen him evolve. Uh, I do not see his offense evolving over time. Uh, Pairing him with Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn will bring that out of him, hopefully. Hopefully Dan Quinn will say, hey, look, we evolve. That's his defense now doesn't look like his defense two years ago. doesn't look like his defense four years ago. Uh, I think that's one of the things that really impressed me yesterday. And you knew Dan Quinn was going to win that press conference. And, and I truly feel like the reason Cliff Kingsbury has this rep of not adjusting is because being a head coach was too much for him. Sure. Can he adjust as an offense coordinator? I believe he will. I think he's also been blessed slash cursed with some of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation. That. His hand was never forced. When you have Kyler Murray, you don't need to evolve. You can just say, Kyler, here's the ball. Go be Kyler Murray. Uh, Patrick, here's our offense. Go do your thing. Do you want Kyler Murray in Washington, though? You're giving Kyler Murray credit like he's a great quarterback. uh, Kyler Murray at his peak is absolutely a great quarterback. But, no, I I don't want any part of Kyler Murray in Washington. Uh, I'm I'm still riding the Jaden Daniels train until further notice. Uh, I, I, I've seen nothing to scare me off of that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll bring on the experts as we get closer to the draft. But I, I'm, I'm just I'm scared of trading up for Caleb, the cost, the pressure, that he's a local kid. I don't want any of that to be interpreted as I think he's a bad football player. I don't. I think he's a great football player. I just don't love that situation of bringing a savior in from D.C. to save this franchise under Josh Harris with no offensive line uh, in year one. I, that, that feels like setting the kid up for failure, not setting the kid up 
for success. Yeah. Uh, one more break here. I got one more segment. AWOD Radio takes over. Top of the hour, 17 minutes away. Uh, we're having a ton of fun out here. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. If you missed anything from today's show, of course, grab the Odyssey app. It's free. It's got the rewind button. We'll be on for the next three hours, AWOD Radio. I won't be going anywhere. Uh, tons of fun guests, tons of fun. We're on Radio Row in Las Vegas. Bud Light Big Game Week rolls on. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 